Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Valley Point Church is a faith community located in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. Our mission is pointing people to real relationships and real significance. This week continues our series, Unanswered. Enjoy and thanks for listening. Well, good morning. Thank you. It's great to have you here today. My name is Ben, and I'm one of the pastors here. And I've been looking forward to this day for a long time. I've known I was going to be able to give this talk a few weeks ago and have been anticipating this day and just would like to say thank you for choosing to be here today. And if you're new with us, a special thank you. And we're glad that you're here. And our hope is that you'll have a fun time with us. But at the end of the day, we hope this is a very spiritually beneficial day for you. And our prayer is that you'll return. You'll come back, visit us again, and consider making Valley Point your church home. We'd love for you to do that. I highly recommend it. It's a great church. My whole family attends, and we have a great time. There's a lot of ways for you and your entire family to get involved. There's lots of ways for you to find relationships. What we do here is we have a simple mission. We exist to point people to real relationships and real significance, and we believe you can find both of those things here. So there's lots of genuine people to get to know and to connect with. So why not unpack your bags and make Valley Point your church home? And if I haven't met you yet, if I didn't get a chance to meet you, I'm going to be hanging out in the lobby after today's gathering. Come by, say hello, introduce yourself. I'd love to get to know you. Let us know if there's anything that we can do for you today. And if anybody here is new to the series, we're in this series called Unanswered. And what we've done is we've tried to identify some questions, some difficult questions, or at least questions that are hard to answer, especially as Christ followers. And so what we've done is we've tried to take Scripture and apply them to these questions and kind of determine, okay, how would God want us to respond in a way that honors Him? And we've talked about politics. We've talked about guilt. We've talked about... Christianity and the church. And if you've missed any of those, you can go online, valleypointchurch.com. You can listen to those, download those. I'd encourage you to do that when you have a moment. I think it'll be beneficial for you. But today we get to continue this series with this question. It's what do we do when God is silent? How should I respond to that? Because there's no doubt, at least the majority of us here have at some point come to a decision, a moment in life where we cry out to God or pray to Him and say, okay, here it is. What am I supposed to do? And there's nothing. Just silence. You're like, okay, God, I'm trying to do the right thing here. I I want to do what you want me to do. So spill it. And it's just not there. Well, does it mean we're doing something wrong? Did we mess up? Is God mad at us? Did we not do something that he wanted us to? I mean, we obviously aren't doing something right, right? If we're not hearing the voice of God in our lives. Perhaps, but maybe not. That's what we're going to look at today. And my hope is that by the end of today, we accomplish 
unpacking this big idea. So as we walk through this content, as we answer today's question, here's our big idea. That God is always interested in you. That God is never disinterested with you. And he's never disinterested with me, even when I feel like he is. Even if you feel like he's disinterested with you, he's not. Even if you're disinterested with him, maybe you were dragged here today against your will. Maybe you did this today just to appease somebody and you find yourself in a room sitting around a bunch of people you don't know hearing about God. Well, there's good news for you. He's interested in you. He's interested in your job, in your profession. He's interested in the school that you attend. He's interested in your family, in your relationships. He's interested in your emotions, how you feel. He's interested in your hopes. He's interested in your dreams. All of the things you want to accomplish in life interests God. That's great news for us today. And hopefully by the end of today, you're going to see that. And my hope that today, it encourages and it brings hope to everyone here. No matter what you brought into this room, my prayer is that you leave encouraged. So why then do we have a hard time hearing from God? Why is it so hard to hear God in our time of need? Well, I think some of the misconceptions that we kind of gather from situations is that we start to apply human reactions to God's divine actions. Here's what I mean by that. If I'm silent toward you, what are you going to assume? That you upset me, perhaps? That I'm angry about something that you either did or maybe there's something I thought you should do and you didn't do, and so I'm making a point to show you that I'm disinterested at you because you've upset me. So I'm going to give you the silent treatment. Perhaps you just assume I'm a jerk or I'm just generally disinterested in you. Well, that's not necessarily the case because God doesn't react like humans do. He's divine. And so perhaps God isn't reacting to something you've done or haven't done. Perhaps he's just acting. In a specific way, at a specific time in your life, for a particular reason. And he's acting this way, and it's all in agreement with his nature, what he is like, how he functions. Well, how do we know the nature of God? How do we know what he's like and how he does things? Well, it's through Scripture. It's what he's left for us to say, this is everything you need to know about me. And sure, there's things he doesn't tell us, and there's things that he says is for me alone to know. But I'm giving you my words, and this is everything you need to succeed in life. This is everything you need to know about me. And the Bible teaches us what God is like, and there's truths about his nature that we can find. And we're going to talk about two of those today. It gives us a lot more than just two things about God, but I think these specific things are going to help us understand and answer this question today. So we're going to take a look at two truths. We're going to look at some scripture that sort of tell why these are true. 
And then we're going to look at a paragraph of scripture. And then we're going to come back and answer the question. All right? So if we're getting through some of the content, you're like, is he ever going to answer this question? Take it easy. It's going to happen. We're going to circle back around and do that. So let's begin with talking about these two truths. What's the first truth we're going to talk about today? It's this. God is immutable. God is immutable. What does that mean? Well, it just means that he is unable to change over time and cannot be changed. It's something that does not change over time and is unable to be changed. The Bible teaches us that this is true about God. One of the verses we can look at that support this is found in Hebrews. And the author in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 10 says this, In the beginning, before anything existed, in the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundation of the earth, and you made the heavens with your hands. But you are always the same. You will live forever. The author here, by the way, is quoting an Old Testament piece of scripture from Psalm 102. And he's doing this about 600 years after it was originally written. So what can we learn from this scriptural truth? Well, God is consistent. He's unchanging. What was true about God in the Old Testament when it was written was true 600 years later when it was confirmed in the New Testament. And now nearly 2,000 years later is still just as true today as it ever was about God because he never changes. He always acts consistently. And so that's our first scriptural truth. God is immutable. So keep that in your back pocket. It's going to be important. But truth number two is this. God is faithful. We sang about that this morning. He is faithful. We see a great first introduction to this through Moses, the prophet Moses. Remember, he's the one who God chose to deliver Israel out of captivity, out of slavery. And he walked them into the wilderness. They wandered a bit. Joshua took over leadership, and they were able to enter into the promised land. But this is Moses. That same Moses says in Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9, he writes, Understand therefore. Well, as Pastor Eric would say it today, here's the deal. All right, everyone, here's the deal. The Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for thousand generations. And he lavishes his unfailing love to those who love him and obey his commands. Fast forward another 1,500 years. Paul, one of the great early church leaders, writes in Romans, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Not those who are called to their own purposes, wanting God to confirm their purposes. He is faithful to those who love him and seek his purposes for them. So what's the scriptural truth that we learn from this? If you've trusted in Jesus alone to save you, and I hope you have. If you haven't, today's the day. It's a great day to put your faith in the one who came and died for you. 
So if you've put your faith in Jesus alone to save you and you love him and you obey him and you're seeking his purposes for you, then he is faithfully working on your behalf. He's faithfully working on your behalf and he's orchestrating everything to your benefit because he is faithful. We're told that. And he's never changing. So if we're told in the Old Testament that God is faithful and it's confirmed in the New Testament he is faithful, then we can know today just as true as it has ever been. God is faithful. So now we have our foundation. So now we can kind of see, okay, this is what God is like. This is what the Bible tells us. If we believe the Bible, and I do, then we can stand firm in these truths. God is never changing, and he's faithful to us. So then, all that's great. All that's really fun. But we still haven't answered the question, right? What do I do when God is silent? First of all, be encouraged. Not that he's silent, but be encouraged that you are not the first person to have a difficult time hearing the voice of God and direction of God in your life. We're not the first generation to have this issue. It's been happening forever since sin entered into this world and the first man and woman sinned. We've had a difficult time hearing from our creator. The best of us have. And here's our example for today. It's found in Psalm, and it's written by David, King David, the mighty warrior, spiritual champion, David. God calls David. He, he says, David's a man after my own heart. So here's David. But now you, talking about God, have tossed us aside in dishonor. You no longer lead our enemy armies to battle. You make us retreat from our enemies And allow those who hate us to plunder our land. You have butchered us like sheep and scattered us among the nations. You let our neighbors mock us. We are an object of scorn and derision to those around us. We can't escape the constant humiliation. Shame is written across our faces. All this is happening, though we have not forgotten you. We've not violated your covenant. Our hearts have not deserted you. We have not strayed from your path. Wake up, O Lord. Why do you sleep? Get up. Why do you look the other way? Why do you ignore the suffering of this oppression? We collapse in the dust, lying face down in the dirt. Rise up. Help us. For crying out loud, help us. I added the crying out loud part. That's not in there. But do these sound like the words of a man who feels like the voice and presence of God is just overflowing in his life? No. Does it sound like a spiritual champion? No. Sounds like a desperate man. Sounds like a very frustrated man who's longing to hear a stamp of approval from his creator. Where are you? What's going on here? And this is a deep, deep desire in every single person to want to hear from God in their time of need. 
And we live in a culture and a society that likes to suppress that desire to say, we don't need it, we don't need God, I have myself. But when tragedy strikes, and a lot of it has recently, and we don't quite have the answers, we don't know why this is happening, what do our leaders ask for from the country? Prayer. We've got nothing else. Please pray for us. And in times of tragedy, prayer is welcomed, even when at other times it's offensive and we don't want to hear it. Because there's a deep longing inside of every person to hear from God in our times of need. And it's happened throughout generations and generations from the very first man and woman. Well, I believe that the communication system that God originally designed between himself and his creation has been severely severed. It's been broken. And I think the Bible is clear on why this has occurred. And it's found in the book of Romans. It's four simple words, but profound words. It says, for all have sin. For all have sin. For you have sinned. For I have sinned. For all have sinned. And it's broken the line of communication between God and his creation. But there's good news. Don't lose hope. There is hope because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross on our behalf. That's what the early church called it. He said, they said, this is the good news for everyone. Because the Bible tells us that after Jesus came and he died, he rose again. And he went back to heaven with his father. And now he works as our intercessor, our bridge of communication back to God. So now we can again pray directly to our creator through his son, Jesus Christ. That's great news. That's why I said if you haven't trusted in Jesus today, man, it's the most freeing experience you will ever have. To be able to have a line of communication to the Father, to your Creator, through what His Son did. It's amazing. So what about the question? We still haven't answered it, right? I believe there's four steps for us to take. When we find ourselves in a season, maybe you're there now. Maybe there's a decision that needs to be made. A crossroads, a relationship decision needs to be made. And maybe it's life-altering. And maybe it's not quite life-altering, but it's important. If it's important to you, it's important to God. I hope that these steps will help you and encourage you. Because I think these are steps that if we take... And if we're consistent with, can carry us through any season in life. So here they are. Step number one. Make sure that it is God who is being silent. Because we love calling up our friends and getting coffee and going out to lunch. And man, there's just this major decision. I'm not sure what to do. 
And God's not telling me. He's not giving me the sign, right? We all want the sign of what to do. And that's all well and good. You should reach out to friends. But have you actually talked to God about this? Actually talked to God. Not just a morning prayer in the shower. God, give me my sign today. Help me to know what to do. Move on with my life. I'm talking about some serious set of time side where you get distractions out of the way and you sit alone with you and God and talk. And not just once, not just twice, consistently talking to God. Have you listened to God? Like really, really listened, actively listened. Well, how do we do that? How do we listen to God? It's through Scripture. It's his words to us. And not just a couple verses you had memorized from Sunday school or a verse or two. I'm talking chapters, books of the Bible. And you're asking him, please speak to me. And I'm just going to keep reading and keep praying until I hear something. Because I believe doing the right things consistently over a long period of time brings answers from God and His blessing on our lives. So are you talking to Him? Are you really listening to Him? Do you want to give your kids everything they want, hope, and desire their entire life without them working for any of it? No. They're going to become lazy. They're going to remain immature. They're going to become entitled And God doesn't want that for us. He doesn't want us to be spiritually lazy, spoon-fed for the rest of our lives, immature, entitled. Put in some real effort. Since when are relationships a one-way street? Anyways, with anybody. It just doesn't work that way. Put in some serious effort and make sure it's God who is being silent and not you. And reach out to others, sure. Don't neglect that if that's helpful to you. Reach out to trusted leaders, mentors. Just don't stop there. Make sure it's God who is being silent. Step number two. Remember when God has come through for you in the past. He's faithful. And sometimes remembering how he has come through for us in the past is just the confidence we need to help us to trust that he is able to do it. There's a song that we sing here at Valley Point. It's called, I Will Look Up. We sang it last week, actually. There's some lyrics in this song that I, I just love to sing. I get chills when I sing it. It says, I will look back and see that you are faithful, and I look ahead, believing you are able. Sometimes the greatest amount of confidence we can gather for the future is how he has come through for us in the past. Don't forget about that and keep loving him. Keep obeying him. Keep looking for his purpose for you and he will faithfully work on your behalf. That's step number two. Remember when God has come through for you in the past. Step number three, very practical. Here you go. Do something. Even when you're waiting to hear the next big thing, Do something. Be productive with your time. Do something that impacts those around you. Do something that encourages those around you. Don't just sit around and become apathetic 
and start feeling sorry for yourself that you haven't heard of your next big thing, do something. The Bible tells us that every good thing comes from the Father. And as long as it's good, and here's a little filter you can, you can run through. If it's not dangerous for you or for your family, if it's not immoral, if it's something that the Bible tells you you shouldn't do, if it's, if it's not immoral, and if it's not irresponsible for you or your family, well, just do it. Do something good while you're waiting. And there's plenty of ways to do that here at Valley Point. We have compassion efforts, love day initiatives, compassion trips you can attend. There's serving teams you can be a part of. Many ways that you can do something significant with your life even while you wait. Pour your energy and your time into something that helps those around you and just see what God does with that. It might just be the catalyst for the next big thing in your life. So do something, even while you're waiting. And a side note, uh, a lot of times I'll have people uh, ask me, I've got these two opportunities, and I'm just not sure which one God wants me to take. A fair question. Very fair. And so I'll encourage them, well, what's more fun? What's more fun to you? Are, are, they, are they both good things? Is one of them irresponsible? No, okay. Is, uh, is it going to do harm to you or your family? No, okay. Is it immoral? Is there something about it that you feel like God doesn't want you to do? No. Well, just choose one. Just choose one. Don't overcomplicate this. God wants you to have fun in life. And as long as you're running it through that filter, you're not going to do something that impairs God's ability to carry out his purpose in your life. Just make a decision and do something good. And then the fourth step, and it's probably the most difficult one. It can take the most amount of time. And it's this, simply trust. Sorry, there's no great epiphany this morning. It's simply trust. It's what God has asked us to do. I'm a good father. I know what you need. I'm faithfully working on your behalf because you're trying to do the things I want you to do, and I just need you to simply trust. And this is why we need such a desperate reliance on his Holy Spirit. So the Bible tells us that when we put our trust in Jesus alone to save us, he sends his Holy Spirit to live inside of us. And it's very important because He does a couple of things for us. The Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit helps us to understand Scripture. So when we read it, when we hear from God, it helps us to understand what it's saying. He helps us to know how to implement it into our everyday living. He says that the Holy Spirit convicts us when we're doing the wrong things. He confirms us when we're doing the right things. So He helps us to know how to live rightly, righteously. It says that he also gives us confidence when we lack confidence. He gives us power when we lack power. And perhaps one of the most important roles he plays is he helps us to know what to say to God. He helps us know how to pray. And so these three persons, the Holy Spirit, prompts us as to what we need to pray. And we can pray these things to Jesus, remember? If we put our faith in him alone and he's interceding for us 
to the Father. This is how this works. The three are working in unison to repair the communication system failure brought about by sin. And I don't understand it all. I don't understand how it all works. I'm not going to pretend I do. No one does. All I know is this is what the Bible teaches. To rely on His Holy Spirit to give us confidence as to what we need to do and pray so that we can hear back from our Heavenly Father. Psalm chapter 77 and verse 14. I don't think this is on the screen, but if you're in a difficult place right now or if there's just a decision that you're trying to make or maybe you just want to have a verse in your back pocket, this is a good one. So get out your phone, your device, your pen and paper. Write down Psalm 77 and verse 14. It says, You are the God who does wonders. Other translation says, you are the God who performs miracles. If you're going to put your faith in something, if you're going to put your trust in someone, why not put it in the one who performs wonders for us, who is faithfully working on our behalf, who knows what you need and wants to give that to you. Remember the truths that are found in Scripture, and I would encourage you to read through them yourselves. You can even just Google it, characteristics of God, the nature of God, and read verses about what God is like. Learn what He is like and what He is not like, so it gives you confidence to know that you're doing the right things, and it's not something that you've done or haven't done, that God is acting in a specific way for you. He never changes. He never changes, and He is faithful. And honestly, trust is sometimes all we've got left, right? Sometimes that's just all there is to go on. Because we've tried. We've tried everything that we could possibly think of and do, and it just hasn't worked. And we're tired. Life is exhausting. I don't have to tell you that. You know that. It's weary. And the anxiety and the worry. It's not what you were meant to carry. It's not what I'm meant to carry. We weren't created that way. We weren't designed to handle that mess. The depression, the anxiety, it's just, it's too much. We can't handle it. Jesus himself, while he was on earth, left us with some words. He said these to the men and women around him of that day, but it's his message to you today. And it's what he's saying to me today, and it's found in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. Jesus says, come to me. All who are weary, anybody weary? I would imagine there's a lot of us in this room who are weary. He says, come to me, all of those who carry heavy burdens. Ah, is anybody carrying a heavy burden today? Yeah, of course. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. 
rest. When's the last time you had a good rest? I mean a real rest without anxiety, without worry, without something weighing on your mind and on your heart. Just just rest. Jesus said, you're not meant to carry this stuff. You're not designed for it. It's not meant for you. Jesus can take that and give you rest. He tells us. It's not my words. It's Jesus' words. The band has come. You see them. And they're going to perform a song for us. And it's meant to reflect on today's discussion, what we've talked about. And I would encourage you to use this time to think about either your current circumstance. Maybe there is a major decision you're trying to figure out and you just haven't found the direction from God you're looking for. Just cry out to Him. Commit to Him today that I'm going to try some of these steps. I mean, why not? Really, what do you have to lose? I'm sure you've tried a lot of things. Just try it. See what happens. Maybe you're in a dark place today. You're weary. You're carrying a burden far beyond what you know what to do with. Cry out to God. Commit to Him today that you're not giving up on hearing from Him. So enjoy this song. that needs to be made. Maybe it's life-altering, maybe not quite that bad, but remember, if it's important to you, it's important to God, and He wants to walk through your decisions with you. Make a commitment today. Take a next step and say, I'm going to try this plan. I'm going to try to walk through these steps and just see what happens. And don't grow weary. It might take a while. How long? Stay faithful, love God, obey Him, and look for His purpose for you. And He's working things together on your behalf. And then, for those who may be in a very dark place right now, I don't know what that might be, but God does. And he is interested in you. He's interested in your emotions. He's interested in your family. He's interested in your success. And don't believe the lies of the enemy telling you that, yeah, God, he cares about him. He's probably interested in her, but not you. You're too far gone done too much you're no lost cause don't listen to the enemy listen to what scripture tells us is true about your loving creator don't grow weary don't lose hope and trust in the one who does wonders let's pray together God, I want to thank you for 
this time together. Thank you for your words to us that we can read and be encouraged by and gather hope from. God, sometimes we like, we're crying out thinking, do you still see us? I mean, things are getting pretty bad. Do you still love us? Are you still interested in us or have you grown disinterested? And we cry out to you today. But then we take confidence and we stand firm on the foundation of your words to us and claim, God, you are the God of wonders. You're the God who performs miracles and you are the faithful God who will come through for us. And I pray for each individual in this room that as we cry out to you, God, let us hear your voice in our life. We need that. We have to have that. Help us as we jump back into regular life this week that we don't forget to invite you in to our everyday living. And if there's someone here who has never put their faith in your son, Jesus, I pray that you would prompt them in their heart today to cry out. They may not understand everything about it, but all they know is they need it and they trust. Pray that they would do that today. Pray these things in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.